2: Welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast 2023. It's your girl, Kat. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you celebrated. I hope it was a joyous one. Can you believe we're now in 2023? Where has the time gone, people? I almost feel like we're in a time slip. What do you think? For my first episode of the year, I've done a collaboration with my good friend, Ghost Joe, host of the Warped Reality Podcast. Since we had a difficult time getting our schedules to coincide, because, well, he works like, what, 100 hours a week? (laughs) We thought it best to record this once and share it for both shows. Ghost Joe and I touched on a lot of things, so this is a long one, people. We had such a great time chatting, we hadn't noticed how much time had passed. It's a couple of hours. So sit back relax, grab your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to check out the Warped Reality Podcast with the amazing Ghost Joe. If you'd like to share your encounters on the show, or have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell your friends, don't keep it to yourself, tell the world about Paranormal Heart Podcast. And you can tell them that new episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Now, on with the show
0: ghost joe uh, i'm here with cat and we're doing a, a like a uh a podcast collaboration right now for uh the warf reality podcast and paranormal hearts podcast so there yeah. you go
2: <laughs> and i'm cat ward from paranormal heart so it's nice to finally meet you
0: yeah yeah face to face that's great yeah we, we've been planning this for months now so it's
2: at least two months yeah <laughs> we yeah. just can't seem to get our schedules to coincide
0: no well, especially
2: no. you you have such a uh, like your schedule is brutal <laughs> compared it's, to it's, mine. It's ridiculous
0: too. Cause I live when I'm leaving work, it takes me sometimes three hours to get home. So wow. I'll leave. Home, yeah, So I'll leave work at 4 PM and I'm not getting home till 7 PM. Then I have to eat real quick. Then I go to sleep just to come back to work a few hours later. So it's, That's it's
2: brutal. Nuts
0: nuts so i actually do the majority of a lot of my interviews when i'm on vacation you Makes know sense, that's most yeah. time um Holy there's even cow. there's even some interviews that uh and i feel really bad because he was a really really good guy i did this interview with this guy we we talked for like two hours really really nice guy very very knowledgeable and i never aired his interview because i i've never had the time to really edit the interview
2: <sighs> well maybe so I you sit- can do it now <laughs>
0: Yeah, now now I could. I I have I have um another interview that I'm putting out on the uh the Christmas episode with uh with a guy named um oh my god, John Wright that uh he works in a um a paranormal museum over oh, actually really? about a half, about a half hour from where I live and uh I met him there. And uh really really good guy, really knowledgeable. He's actually a history teacher too.
2: That's amazing. So
0: Yeah, so he's a history teacher. He's a paranormal investigator. He's like a Bigfoot enthusiast, like UFO. Actually, and the craziest part is that he volunteers, or he's a uh, MUFON investigator.
2: That's amazing.
0: So I may get to meet him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's a great. And and you know what? I was his first. I was his first podcast interview. He's never done it before, so I I would definitely pass him. You know, pass. He's he's a great. Great, great guy.
2: Paranormal museum. That's, see, that's the thing about the States and Canada. We don't have cool shit like that in Canada. (laughs) We don't. We have lots of haunted locations, you know, museums and stuff like that, but we don't have paracons and and things like that, which it's, it's really sad because I really want to go to some.
0: Well, I'll tell you when I moved upstate, because I live in upstate New York, when I moved upstate, I was really excited because I did some research on, you know, the area and stuff. And I found out that the Warrens Museum was literally twenty minutes from me because they're in. It's in Connecticut, oh, yeah. And I'm in upstate New York, and it was right there. And I'm like, "Oh my god, I want to go! I want to go!" And it's closed forever. Like, damn,
2: is it really?
0: Yeah, yeah. Why they is closed. It closed. It. Um, they never really said the, This is my theory. I think they closed it because well, both of the Warrens passed away. Yeah. Right. So they're not around anymore. Um. I believe they closed it mainly because all these conjuring movies are coming out. So their house is on a residential street, which Mm -hmm. is where the museum is. So I'm sure just like the Amityville house, they get tons of people driving past there, taking pictures, hanging out, you know, and the neighbors just got pissed off at it, you know, too mad about it, made complaints and they had to shut it down. And because the warrants aren't alive, they, they couldn't fight to keep it open, you know?
2: Oh, you think so, the Warren Foundation would be able to do something.
0: Or or their their I believe it's their nephew that runs everything now. Chris? You would think the nephew. Oh no,
2: that's the grandson. No. Uh, Johnny's office?
0: No, Johnny's office no. I forget his name. Oh, Tony, Tony Spear. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um but I guess he didn't have the poll or something to to keep it open. Um, but that's why I was excited last year. I went to my first Paracon and uh he had all a lot of the uh the Warren stuff there from the museum, and I, I knew I had to go to that because I was like, Listen, my fear was that, and I don't like the guy, right? Not not John, not not Spear, I don't like um Zach Bagans, I think he's a pompous jerk, right? <laughs> so, my fear was that. Once since the Warren museum closed, I was like, Oh, this dude is probably going to buy up all the stuff and bring it to Las Vegas. And then I'm never oh. going to see this stuff ever again. Yeah, <laughs> You know, cause he has his own museum in Vegas. <clears throat> yep. I'm like this dude, I know he's eyeing this stuff. He's gotta be the, the Annabelle doll. Yep. You know, he's, he's definitely, he's probably made them a million offers already. I said, so I got to go and see this stuff before it, before it leaves here, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, it was really cool. I took a picture with Annabelle, the real one and the movie one, which is cool. Um, and a few of the other haunted uh, items that they had there, which was pretty awesome. How um, close were you
2: able to get to the to the artifacts? Because I know, are, are they all encased in glass?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, some of them, I mean, of course, obviously the Annabelle one was, and a few others were encased in glass. Some of the other ones were just kind of out of reach, you know, a little bit out of reach behind, you know, uh, a rope. mm mm-hmm but um no very close actually pretty pretty close and uh you know the the convention itself was was great i met a lot of people there um and i think i did i i ended up doing a lot of interviews behind that too because i went there i went to every single table you know networked and stuff <laughs> um and everybody was really really nice so i was i was happy with uh with the way that worked out
2: was it this year go- was it this year's paracon you said or was it last year
0: it was last year's okay. and I'll tell you I could have went to this year's, but I was a little I was a little upset because last year's was their first paracon. Right? It was their first paracon that they did last year. So I believe the Warren's Museum part, because the Warren's Museum was different than the convention, it was right next door, but it was it was a separate price. So the convention itself, I think it was fifty. And then the museum was like 20 or 25 last year. Now, I guess because he saw how many people went to the museum. Uh, now it's like, now it's like $70 to get into the museum. It was, it was something like that. It was like, he jacked up the price like crazy. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like that. I'm not doing that. I, can't you know, blame I just don't have the money.
2: Him, but yeah. No, I can't blame him
0: either, but I, I, I couldn't it's afford business. it this year. Yeah. You know, and, you and obviously everybody was there for Annabelle. <laughs> you know, everybody yeah. goes there. So so do you was,
2: do you sense things from, from items? Because so, I'm just wondering, having all those artifacts in one spot, were you able to pick up any energies off of anything?
0: I couldn't. I mean, I don't really pick up things from, like for me, that I, I don't really have that kind of, I guess you would say ability, um, but I never really, I, I feel like it was too crowded. You know, I don't think you would be able to pick up anything because it was just so crowded in yep. there and stuff like that um you know my thing that i'm always able to do is uh say uh, hey if there's something here give me a sign and i always get a sign always nice oh wait that's why i don't do it anymore <laughs> you know because i have my own you know my own house with my kids and stuff and i don't need you know knocks on my door over here and things falling behind me because yeah. that happens and and actually that's one of my questions actually too um when have when you've been recording has anything weird or paranormal happened to you at all while you while you've recorded like an interview or anything
2: not to me but i have had uh one guest in particular say oh my god i picked up an emf uh and i went in and i actually heard a voice and i thought oh wow like uh and i've had some people message me and say when they're listening to the show that, yes, I thought I heard something. So I, there are the odd things that I'll pick up on the audio after the fact, but nothing during recording. Now I'm looking around now, watch things are going to think are things going to happen. That wasn't really an invitation.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why like, (laughs) that's why I don't, I don't stick with things for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, for example, when I talk about the black eyed children, Mm -hmm. when you give them enough recognition and attention, that's when they apparently appear. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to talk about them a lot because I don't want them knocking on my door, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, I've, I actually had gotten, I think it was before I had interviewed Carl Johnson and Keith Johnson the two uh, twins that were on Ghost Hunters and, you know, famed uh, demonologist guys, brothers. And um, Carl, when I did his interview, I had asked him a question. I said, do you feel that um, the Ouija board can bring in evil entities, you know, just from from using the Ouija board? And right before he answered, now I know Zoom has a lot of glitches. I get it. You know, I know Zoom has a lot of glitches, but it just so happens that right after I asked that question, you hear another voice say something in between when he answered. Did you hear it in (laughs) real
2: time or after?
0: I heard it after.
2: That's amazing.
0: And then, yeah, and then I blew it up and and I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know, and then I'm looking and I look at the sound wave because you could see the sound wave where it happened. And I'm like. I'm like, oh, good, good. That was on his side. Good, good. That was, <laughs> that, was that was on his end.
2: What did it say? So, I, I'm
0: terrible at that stuff. I'm horrible trying to decipher what what uh e, you know EVP say. Um, that I couldn't really tell, and I don't like to guess on it either. Gotcha. You know, yep. just because I forget what they call it, like auditory paradolia, whatever whatever you want to call it. Yep. But you know, I, I just. You know because you're gonna hear what you want to hear basically yeah. you know but i know i had showed somebody at work and when i showed it to them i said does this sound like something like what does this sound like it's saying to you and he's like when i when i asked you know is there whatever blah 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 about the ouija board he said oh my god it said there is <laughs> you know like it was answering my question yeah you know <laughs> so that's what he said and somebody else said it sounded like something else so I, you know, who knows? Yeah. But it definitely sounded like somebody answered my question other than Carl, you know, at that time, which was pretty crazy.
2: That's why whenever I show people uh, either a photo that we took during our investigations or um, if there's an EVP that I picked up, I'm not going to tell them what I think it is. I'll just say, hey, do you see anything in there? Do you hear anything in there? Right. Um, and if they pick up on what I thought I picked up, uh, which is the same thing, then I know it's like, OK, you um, uh, Saturday Night Live had a skit years ago with uh, David Acora um, uh, from uh, Most Haunted from back in the day when it first started. Um, it wasn't really David Acora; it was one of the the actors from the show. So there was David and two people walking into a into a haunted location, and then uh, the the David character was rather gassy, so he farted. So the two people, like the audio guy and then the the, the other person like, oh, did you hear that? And he's like, no, 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 it's, it's okay. It's okay. It was nothing. They're like, let's play it again. And then they play it and they're like, it sounds like Raja. So, you know, it's like, no, no, it wasn't, you know. So it's just funny how, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll pick up something on audio. That's really nothing, but everybody, myself included, I want to hear something, but. Right. I kind of get disappointed if I actually don't hear something or, or if I say, if if I thought I heard, uh, here's Roger, for example, and I play it for someone else and they don't hear the same thing. I'm kind of disappointed, you know, uh, cause we do so badly want to get, you know, something really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, then the other biggest thing that happened to me, right before I think it might have been his brother even when I was about to interview Keith and it was always these demonologists I guess they bring in these this crazy energy I guess mm-hmm. and um I was getting ready you know setting up my microphone making sure that the camera was good and all this stuff and you know he wasn't on the you know he, he wasn't on zoom yet so I'm just getting everything together my water and everything my notes and now, to the left side of me over here is my basement sliding glass door right mm-hmm. leads out to my leads out to my backyard it's I do all my interviews at like ten o'clock at night. I live in a quiet neighborhood there's nobody in my backyard mm-hmm. then why then why did I hear knocking on my door? <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I said, I'm not answering that that's there's no way I'm answering that, so you could i I, I get it you're here, you know what I'm doing I'm just entertaining that's it (laughs) you know yeah not (laughs) in you know (laughs) but yeah like and and i guess i guess doing these interviews sometimes is almost like asking for a sign because you're inviting things in when you're doing this stuff but uh luckily and i'm knocking on wood here i've never really had any kind of uh demonic you know Thing like that, and and I don't care to ever, you know. I talk about it a lot on my show, but I'll never, uh, you know. I actually was was gonna do an audio book for for an encyclopedia of demons. Oh, once. really? Because it's on ACX. If okay. you look on ACX, is an encyclopedia of demons, and she chose me to do it, and I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna pass because
2: I wouldn't be able to do it.
0: I number one, I couldn't even get halfway through the preface because of all those Latin words and stuff, I couldn't (laughs) pronounce any of them. So that was, and I'm like, sitting there trying to look up, all right, what's this word mean? All right, what's that word mean? How do you say this? How do you say that? And I was already only on like my second sentence. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this for 50,000 words. Forget that, you know? And it was an encyclopedia of demons for 3,500 demons. And I said, I can't even, I can't even handle one demon in my house. I'm definitely not going to be able to handle 3,500 of them in my house.
2: No so kidding.
0: I'm, so, so I'm passing off. You know, I'm passing that up. And it was funny because I I sent her an email saying, "Like, listen, yeah, I'm going to have to pass. I, I you know, I know this is like the first one that and you're the first person to give me a chance." But I said, "But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this." And uh, all she said was, "Okay, no problem." And then huh. when I lo- when I looked at the history. Hmm the book has been out for like 13 years and she's never had anybody do the audiobook. I said, so that's gotta mean something, <laughs>
2: you know? And 13 years, <laughs> 13. Yeah,
0: so like, like, yeah. Right. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm, I made the right decision. <laughs> you know? Do you
2: know she actually found anybody after eventually?
0: Probably not because it's still on my ACX as me accepting the, the project. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, we canceled it and I declined it, but it, for some reason it's still up there as if I, I, I accepted it. So probably not because that probably would have disappeared from me. Yeah. You, know, if, you would think. So I, I don't know.
2: Yeah. But, I think that was a wise decision you made. Cause as an investigator, I will not do anything demonic. That's way above my pay grade. I know.
0: I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well that's why like Chris, that's why I give I give Chris Whitehouse so much mm-hmm. credit because like he his like whole thing is the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's his main form of communication and investigation is with that Ouija board. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Like, yep. I had one. I had one experience with the Ouija board when I was like 19 years old, and I'll never do it ever again after that. Yeah, you know.
2: So uh, for you listeners, anyone who knows about my show knows that I usually have tech issues, and uh, <laughs> uh, did not yep. disappoint. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh lost internet, screen went black, and I'm like, oh no. But I am blaming Chris. Sorry, not Chris. We we're talking about Chris. Yeah. Ghost Joe, because he was talking about demons. <laughs>
0: definitely my
2: fault.
0: Always my fault. Always. Oh, so why um why podcasting and why uh why the paranormal?
2: Paranormal has always fascinated me since uh, I was young. Um, I grew up on the east coast of Canada in a province called New Brunswick. And the three-story apartment building that we lived in, we lived on the top. And it was a very old building. This is where I had my first paranormal experience that I actually remember. Um, the building was so old that it would um, – the basement used to have a coal furnace to heat the building. But by the time we moved in, it was electric heat. Um but I saw the hat man in my room for many, many years, but he was short. He was about four feet tall. Uh, now, I had someone uh, a couple of years ago ask me, how do you know he was four feet? And I said, well, I can compare him to the to the height of my uh, dresser that I had in my room. And, um, you know, even today, my dad says, you know, I used to have lots of night terrors in that apartment building. I would wake up, you know, screaming, the man in the closet, man in the closet. I had a big walk-in closet in my room. And, um, so that, you know, that terrified me, but it also intrigued me and growing up, just being sensitive a little bit and, um, growing up, um, just loved the paranormal. Uh, when I first found out about Ed and Lorraine Warren, I was fascinated. It's like, oh my God, these are my heroes. They're doing amazing. Like, this is what I want to do now that I'm older. I don't want to do that. Not to that level anyways. Um, fast forward a few years, um, a friend of mine, uh, my very first interview that I did on a paranormal talk show was uh, Odd to Newfoundland with uh, John Mallard. And um, very first interview, I was terrified. And I did a couple of other interviews and other shows after that. And I had family and friends say, hey, you did a good job. You should start your own podcast. And my reply was always, hell no. So when I mentioned that to my husband, he says, well, why don't you start a podcast? I'm like, well, that's something that other people do. That's not something that I do. And he's like, well, why not? You love the paranormal. You love talking with people. Why not? And I started thinking, it's like, you know, why not? Um, because being an investigator, I realized that a lot of people – they're they're traumatized when they have a paranormal encounter, especially if their significant other doesn't believe them. I mean, we've seen families break up because of it. You know, uh, one person thinks they're cr- they're they've gone crazy, and the other spouse probably agrees with them because their spouse is witnessing something that they're not witnessing. So. I wanted to provide a safe space for somebody who wanted to talk about their paranormal encounters. If they don't want to talk about their paranormal encounters, at least they can listen to know that they're not the only person in the world having these things happening. It's happening around the world. So that's that's the main reason why I wanted to start a podcast It's just to let people know that you're not alone. And the Hat Man encounter that I had as a kid, I only found out years, years later that other people were seeing the hat man, but the taller one, I, you know, not so much for the shorter version. But so podcasting like yours and mine and, and so many other great ones out there just kind of brings people together, I find, to, to know that, yeah, there's other people having these encounters too. I'm not totally crazy, you know, um, if they are, so so am I and so is everybody else. But um, no, that's the, that's the main reason why I wanted to start a podcast.
0: Wow. All right. Uh, Yeah, I actually, um, uh, you know, like you, I've always been interested in paranormal. I had some experiences when I was younger, uh, all the way up until, you know, recent times. Um, But uh, like you, I've always, you know, been interested in it. And uh, I, I just, I, I've always been the type, like, even with music or anything like that, I've always wanted to share my enthusiasm with people on mm-hmm. on things that I'm interested in. You know, like, oh, you got to hear the song or, oh, you got to see this movie, you know. So I've always been about that. And I'm like, you know what? And I actually got started listening to uh, the Monsters Among Us podcast. And I don't know if you've heard Monsters Among Us. No, I don't
2: think I have.
0: It's a great, great podcast. To check uh, that out. Actually, Derek Hayes is the uh, is the host, and he's actually on all of these Travel Channel, you know, shows now. You know, hosting. Oh,
2: okay, yeah, yeah, yes.
0: Yeah, and and his podcast is great because it's all. He's not even the star of the podcast. He has people calling in and telling their paranormal experiences, and that's always what I always wanted to do with it. You know, was to have people call in. And tell me their experiences. You know, kind of like you. Like I wanted to provide a safe space for people to talk mm-hmm. about their experiences. And uh, unfortunately, I don't get too many people calling in. Not, not you know the first the first season, a few people called in. Nowadays, I don't know what what's going on. I guess people are out now. People were inside when I first started in the pandemic, but yep. everybody's out. Nobody wants to call anybody anymore. Maybe. But uh, we're about to run out of time, and I'm going to have to send you another link. All right. Sure. No I mean, problem. Give me two minutes. Okay. All right. There. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, now I've actually paid for a subscription. Okay. This is just a little ridiculous now. So I might as well. I'm going to get rid of StreamYard and continue with Zoom, you know?
2: Okay. Are you going to be giving a stern talking to, to, uh, those two gentlemen?
0: Here? Nah, nah, nah. You know what? They're, they're cool guys. They both play guitar. They are, yeah. a guitar player too. So we, we had a lot in common there. So we, we actually had like a good 20 minute conversation about guitars, even after all the parallels. Oh, that's
1: funny. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: that was pretty cool. Yeah. They, so how, how do you, uh, how'd you get in touch with them? How do you know those guys? Uh, Brian oh, and,
2: I and Al oh. Santariga, uh, Geez, I think it was through uh, the Mallard Report with Jim Mallard. Uh, he's on Tuesday nights at 9 Eastern. Um, he has live shows. And I heard these two guys on there and I thought, wow, these guys actually sound legit. Like they were amazing. They were funny. Uh, you know, they just played well off of each other. And um, we, I, I think we became friends. You there. Yeah, I'm there. Oh, no, don't. Did you lose uh, me again? Me. Oh, okay. Oh,
0: <laughs> no, that wasn't me. That's that's my recording. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. So, no, go um, ahead. And so we became friends, um, and then I had them on my show a couple of times together. Individually, uh, they have mentored me as well during my podcast. Uh, you know, anytime, especially in the beginning, because it's been five years now for my show, and um, in the beginning, uh, they were kind of leery, especially Al, to give me. Uh, tips and like well i don't want you to hate me cat i'm like i never could i like i'm not the type of person who offends easily so (laughs) if you have constructive criticism about my show please tell me because i need to improve so now you know brian used to help me an awful lot with um my promo banners in the beginning uh i would send him the photos and he'd do everything in like i swear two minutes off of his phone i'm like how the hell are you doing this Mm um but no they they still uh Oh, they're such great guys. I really hope to meet them in person someday, but yeah, long story short, it was through uh, the Mallard Report.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, and I I was very close to meeting Al uh a few weeks ago cuz he oh, wow. he had done, he had done a Bigfoot seminar. Yeah. Like literally about 5 minutes from my house. Nice. And I guess he, he must do things there or he, you know, there's a few things that go on there quite often. The Putnam Valley Library or something like that, it's called. I live in Putnam Putnam County. Okay. So, yeah, so it was very, very close to me. And just unfortunate, I, I, I couldn't make it because I was working that morning and I had to go home. You know, one of those days I told you about it, I had to run yep. home, eat, go to sleep, and then get back to work. So, I unfortunately, I couldn't uh, I couldn't make it. But I, I definitely... You know, they invited me along to, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, anytime you want to go to like an investigation, a tag along, you know, let us know. I'm like, oh, definitely. I definitely go with the, with those guys, you know. You're
2: going to have lots of fun, lots of laughs. Oh my God. (laughs) I love, uh, (laughs) Brian's, uh, dog man encounter where he, uh, uh, tried to show his dominance, (laughs) so to speak. (laughs) It's like, what are you doing peeing in front of a dog man? Like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he... Uh,
2: He's got brass both. ones at men. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, but both of those guys are, are great. Great. Are. Uh, I mean, I had so much fun, you know, talking to those guys.
2: How did you meet them?
0: Uh, um, it was... Uh, and, and it's funny, too, because I had... I think it was... I want to say it was on one of the Facebook groups or something like that that I was on and I saw somebody comment or or something like that and I'm like who are these guys? Or, or I was looking I was looking for paranormal groups that were in the New York area. Okay, yep. And you know, they have all these New York, you know, dogman chapter, mm-hmm. UFO, Bigfoot, all that stuff. And and then I went to one of the websites and I saw that they did everything, all of yeah. those, you know. So then I you know, I reached out to them like that and it was funny because and then I saw that they've been on your show a whole bunch of times. I'm like, oh, she's going to think I'm, like, stealing guests oh, or something. Oh,
2: God, no. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> it just happened that I I came across them when I was looking for New York things because they're they're close to me. You know, well, maybe not Brian anymore, but Al yeah. is pretty close. So, you know, so that's that's how I actually, uh, how I met them. But, yeah, great guys. I mean, sometimes I'll even text them still, you know, I'll, I'll message uh, yeah. Al, whatever. Uh, um, funny. Both of them funny, funny guys. Like I don't know if you heard the the interview. Did you hear my interview? I heard with it them? Yep. Yep. Okay. I, I had to throw in that stupid like and I said to my dad before because I talked to my dad a lot about this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, dad, I'm like, I'm I'm doing this interview. You know, I know how to write questions really well. I said, but I don't really know these guys. So I don't know how the how the Bigfoot, you know, is Bigfoot as blurry in person as he is in all the pictures. I had so loved that. Can, it, it is uh, if they're going to take that good you know he's like oh i don't know i said you know what i said they're new yorkers they'll get over it you know they'll, I'll, they'll be all right yes. <laughs> you know they ended up liking the joke so oh, i'm like all right you yeah. <laughs> know. Yeah. but
2: i howled when i heard that <laughs> i was listening <laughs> you know had my earbud in and uh i think i was actually at work yeah i was at work folding laundry um um, I work at the front desk of a hotel, but the shifts that I work, we help the housekeeper. So we fold laundry and, uh, yeah, I had an ear, one earbud in so I could still hear what's going on. And I'm, la- I'm laughing. It's, it, I thought that's the best, best question ever.
0: <laughs> I, I try and stick some humor to it. Cause you know what it is for me? I take, I take the subject matter seriously. Mm-hmm. I I really do, but I don't take myself very seriously. So (laughs) I try, I try and add different jokes. Like my, my way of hosting things. And it was funny because going into it, I said, you know, I said, everybody has some, somebody that they kind of want to emulate with this sort of thing, you know, whether it's a news broadcaster or something like that. I want to emulate Conan O'Brien. I want to be like Conan O'Brien is one of the funniest guys I've ever seen in life. I said, and Conan has like this self-deprecation type thing where, he, you know, I've even I've even stolen some of the things and put it on the podcast where I'm like, you know, one of the things that he does on his show, and I, I've stolen it from my podcast, is he'll say, yeah, I have a great show for you tonight. All my other shows were crap. You know, like, <laughs> stuff like that. So I, I've, I've used that with my podcast before because I'm like, that's hysterical, yeah. you know, but... Yeah, that's why I, I've I've always loved his style. And you know, he's I mean I mean the the man worked at uh Saturday Night Live, he was a writer on Saturday Night Live when it was one of the most funniest casts I'd ever. I've forgotten right? about that. Yeah, he was he was the writer in the nineties with like Chris Farley and oh. David Spade and Mike Myers and when and they all were good
1: stuff,
0: <laughs> when they were really good. And he was one of the writers and he was also a Simpsons writer. Yep. So you know He's. I was very, very upset when uh, when all that Tonight Show drama happened to him. I was really upset because he deserves that way more than Fallon. But <laughs> um, yeah. But go, going back to the paranormal thing, because go <laughs> off in tangents and stuff. Um, let me see here. What? Let's see what I got here. Because I, I well, do you have any questions? Do you have uh, any questions? No, there? just.
2: Um how uh, I think we were to touch base on it, um, about how you started your podcasting, but you, you said that you grew up, uh, with paranormal experiences. Can you touch a little bit on yeah. that?
0: So, as I said before, you know, I've always been the type where I, I wouldn't call it a gift. I wouldn't call it an ability. I, probably anybody could really do it if they really cared to pay attention. But I've always been the type where if I ask for a sign, I'll usually get a sign somehow. And, uh, but the first encounter i had was when i was 6 years old i was in my uh my grandparents apartment building in queens with my uh with my sister and my cousin we were all sleeping in the same bed it was the 80s <laughs> <laughs> and um i wake up in the middle of the night now just just to give you a visual uh if you look our bed was to the wall and if you look straight ahead there was the hallway with with uh rooms on either side and the front of the and the front of the apartment was directly in front so i wake up in the middle of the night and i see this figure that's like pacing you know going down the hallway going into a room coming out going down the hallway going into a room coming out and i'm looking and I'll, you know even at 6 years old i was still kind of questioning things you know and i'm 6 or 7 and i'm like what is that who is that you know and i'm looking 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 and then i noticed that It was floating, you know, and it was, it was transparent white, you know, like, and I'm like, all right, that's, that's, that's not one of my grandparents, (laughs) you know, that's, you know, I I don't don't remember
2: them floating. (laughs)
0: Right. So, you know, and then what I did was I woke up my cousin because she was sleeping right next to me. I woke her up and she saw it as well. And she'll still to this day contest that she saw the exact same thing as me. So. I'm always happy. At least I know I have somebody there that I knew I wasn't dreaming because yep. she saw the same thing. So, you know, I was six or seven. I was nervous. I was scared. So after like a couple minutes, I screamed, you know, and the lights went on and that was the last I saw of that entity. Um, but fast forward to. like 20 years later, I mean, now I've seen other things in between there, but fast forward to 20 something years later and I was talking to my father about it. And my father's like, well, you know, he goes, I was a teenager uh, when we lived in that apartment. He goes, and where you slept, he goes, that was my room. And he's like, and I used to hear somebody whispering in my ear, my name. He used to hear somebody whispering into his ear while he was in his bed, trying to sleep.
2: That's amazing.
0: And uh, he also said that one time he was sitting on the edge of his bed and he said, if there's a God, give me a sign. And his door slammed shut. Wow. Yeah. So apparently he has the same thing as me, where if he asks for a sign, something happens. But um, you need
2: to ask for the winning lotto numbers.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. I know. Exactly. 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 But I mean, I've had things like I said before with my podcast, you know, not really directly asking for a sign, but I guess you kind of are when you're talking about this stuff a lot. Um, And then but one of the one of the craziest and it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it definitely was a big deal was me and my friend were sitting in my house and um, we were watching TV and he he was always kind of like very in tune with the paranormal as well. And we're sitting there and I said to him, I said, Hey, have you experienced anything like paranormal, anything weird lately? He's like, no, you, I said, no. As soon as we said that the remote control of the TV that was on the coffee table in front of us swiped off the table as if somebody like just took it and went boom, like swiped it off the table like that really fast and really hard. And I said, well, there's our sign. It's <laughs> yeah. our and, and we both looked at each other we're like, yeah, we're just we're just not gonna address that. That's <laughs> just just get the remote. You know, like let, let's just not let's not even talk about that now. You know? That's that's kind of how I take it nowadays. Like, all right, I get it. I know you know that's it. Yeah. Let's let's just move on and get <laughs> you know, live live or whatever together. You yeah. know, let's Let's exist together, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a little crazy. Some of the things I don't have a ton of stories and a ton of experiences, but enough for me to know that what I'm experiencing is the, is the real deal, you know?
2: But, uh, I, I've been saying for years, one of the things that fascinates me the most about paranormal, um, in the beginning, I used to think the paranormal just was strictly ghosts. But then I realized, no, it branches out to cryptids and UFOs and Mandela effect. It's just anything weird. Um, but what really fascinates me the most is this stuff happens around the world. And it doesn't matter what religion or nationality, what skin color, whatever. Everybody, for how long now, um, has had some kind of paranormal experience. I mean, when you look at um, um, uh, various uh, cultures' uh, stories, you know, uh, that have been passed on for generation after generation uh, about weird things, it's just, there's some some something's out there. I mean, how can you not know or believe that this stuff isn't real? I mean, something's going on, what is it?
0: Absolutely. And, 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 you know, I also think the same thing about, um, yeah, I, I say it a lot too, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I really feel like we're getting closer and closer for the government to finally be like, yeah, you know, there's, there's aliens, you know, and, and we know where they are, they're around, you know, like I, I know we're getting closer to it. They're softening, up, they're softening us up for it, you know, when you think about it. Because the way I'm seeing it is that, and somebody I think at, at my job, who <laughs> i work in corrections i'm a prison guard but somebody at my job one of my coworkers, had said this to me and he made a lot of sense when he said it he goes he goes think about it he's like many years ago he goes this was a joke he's like that on the news whenever they would talk about a ufo sighting it was a joke yep. it was like oh yeah, yeah it was like a fluff Swap, yes piece. <laughs> It was like a fluff piece. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, yeah, there was a, a mass UFO sighting. And they'd be laughing while they're talking about it. And it was a big joke. You know, yeah. people would be laughing. Hey, did you hear that, Sam? And, uh, you know, now it's a serious, it's a serious news report now when there's a UFO sighting, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't make jokes about it anymore, Yep. you know, and I feel like there's, there's something to that, you know? I feel that they're, that they're definitely, especially the government. I mean, look, they they've declassified a whole bunch of things. They have now. They have um, teams that are trying to figure out. What, they're not aliens, but we have no idea what they are. Yeah. You know, but we ha- we're we're spending we're spending money to make all these teams to figure out what they are. Why? 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 You, you know, that's that's what I'm saying. And actually, I love them, I hate them. Right, but. Like two years ago, there was a news article. Um, I can't think of the gentleman's name. I probably wouldn't be able to pronounce it, but he was the Israeli space commander. Right. So this is a man that that was high, you know, ranking, you know, very well respected guy. And he came out and said, listen, aliens exist. They're among us. And he even said, he goes, President Trump knows about it. And he he, and he wanted to expose it. Mm But uh, as I'm sure there was some people that could actually shut his mu- shut his mouth for a change. Yeah. And they, they did that, you know, well, they probably told him, like, listen, if you come out and say this, especially during the pandemic, there's going to be mass chaos. You know, people are people are going to be doing no, all kidding. sorts of crazy stuff if they find out that aliens exist.
2: I mean, you know, look at how the world handled the pandemic, uh, you know, especially in the beginning when we didn't know what it was and people were afraid, people were angry, people were, you know. Um, so to find out about aliens at the same time, can you imagine what the world would have gone through?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then, and then of course there probably would have been storming places like, oh, we want to see this. We want to see that. There'd probably be people breaking into Area 51 and all these other places.
2: Well, they tried. You know. Remember? Yeah, I know they yeah. tried.
0: Yeah, or oh, that—that
2: was the plan. I don't think they actually right. made it. I they, think they there was the a plan. hand. I think there was a handful of people that actually showed up for it.
0: Right, <laughs> right. They probably got chased away by the government, <laughs> you know. But no, I do believe that they're that they're getting closer and closer to actually telling us, you know, or like I mean, we already know, but you know, for them to actually come out and say, "Yeah, right, you guys were right," <laughs> you know, that there's aliens, you know, yeah. but. You know, because, look, your own Navy pilots said that they saw, you know, things. Mm -hmm. So your own government employees say this. And not just one, you know, many. So,
2: And it's interesting (laughs) to find that governments now um, in North America um, are putting together uh, or have put together a team to investigate UFOs, which they don't call them UFOs anymore. Uh,
1: UFOs? UAPs. UAPs? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Um, So now they want to investigate past, um, I still got to have to call them UFOs. Um, They're still, they're they're actually investigating all these um, UFO experiences that people are having. So um, that to me tells me something too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why would you spend, why would you spend government money on something if you, you know, Mm
2: -hmm. that's,
0: that's the thing, you know, I, I I mean, I just feel like there's, there's definitely the, I, and I, and I think we're very close. I think probably within a couple of years or something like that, we're going to find out like really everything, even this new, this new uh, team that they put together of 17 people with all these uh, scientists and, and all these, you know, very, very smart people, um, they said that the program is going to be strictly, no, like, like completely transparent. Like everything is going to be put out there, whatever they find.
2: I hope that's true. Yeah. And no.
0: yeah, And, that, yeah, and so. they're not just
2: throwing yeah. us a bone, you know?
0: Right. Right. I mean, but how many bones can you throw? You know, that's what I'm saying. Like eventually you're going to have to just come out and say it, but they're probably, uh, that might be a strategy also. That might be a tactic. Like, all right, let's string them along so that when we finally do come out and say it, they're like, yeah, we do, you know, and it's not going to be so much of a shock anymore because mm-hmm. we've been stringing them along for how many years, you know?
2: Yeah, give them enough information to keep them happy. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the funny thing, too, that that came out, what, like, last year or two years ago, the, the UAP report that came out, mm-hmm. like, two years ago was 40 pages, something like that, and they said that it was... Space debris, <laughs> you know, like one of the one of the causes could be space debris. Well,
2: there is like, a lot of space de- debris, but yeah, uh,
0: yeah, like yeah. And, and then, but what was funny was that they had like five different things that it could be, and then and then like the last one was like, or it could be unknown. All right, <laughs> what, what? Yeah, that's what we're trying to say. It's unknown, <laughs> you yeah. know. Like obviously, it's unknown you know, like that's, th- that's how they're trying to steer things. It's just, it's silly. You know, it's, it's like, how much are you going to be patronizing us for that kind of stuff? You know, but uh,
2: maybe they're, maybe they're trying to word it that way because they don't want to cause a uh, mass panic too. Cause right. uh, uh, you know, give us a little bit of information at a time instead of just giving us everything. And I, I would imagine that would cause mass hysteria, uh, globally so i I feel maybe just giving us a little bit at a time um, maybe they're just trying to do that to to kind of you know keep the uh the masses from uh well, storming <laughs> storming the hill you know
0: and and here's the thing too like I feel like I definitely believe in it right I feel like obviously they're not here to harm us because they're not gonna they're not going to wait for us to know about them before they, you know, they're not gonna be like, well, then they know about us now let's blow up the earth. Like they would have did that already. Mm-hmm. They're not going to wait for us to know everything about them and then do something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if they've been here for how many thousands of years, they would have taken over this place thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't wait for us to know who they are. You know, that's, that's, that's how I see it at least.
2: I've always but. questioned too, because they, they always say there are like the good aliens and the bad aliens, of course, you know, um, and are the good ones protecting us from the real, from the really bad ones, you know, cause you get a lot of people having bad experiences with, uh, alien abductions and stuff like that. And some people have really good experiences. Um, and it just makes me wonder if we are being protected from, from the real nasty ones out there.
0: Do you believe in the, uh, the reptilians?
2: I don't know. Me I, really, I, I, I do believe right. in um, extraterrestrials, but I don't know in what form. I really right. don't.
0: I mean, obviously, the most common is the the Zeta Reticulus, the Grays. You know, that's that's the biggest one. Um, now, with with my podcast, I actually had two different interviews with two separate experiences uh, between that. Uh, one of them was with Steve Neal who was on uh season two, episode two and three that I did a, a, an interview with him. Um, he's a Hollywood monster maker. Actually, he worked on the original Ghostbusters and Fright oh, Night.
1: nice! Yeah.
0: Really, really nice guy. I actually met him in virtual reality of all places. Oh, cool. my, my virtual reality headset. And I actually met him in there and, uh, we got to talking and he, yeah, I'm like, you have to come on my podcast and such, such a good guy. And, um, he has. He, he's actually very good friends with uh, Whitley Strieber, who's a big name in the UFO community. He he uh, he made the book Communion, and okay. the movie Communion was based off of him, Whitley Strieber. But uh, Steve has had um, abduction experiences since he was a kid, uh, to the point where he still gets abducted. Like it's like a normal occurrence for him now, and he had said that. He's, you know, of course it's, it frightens him, you know, but he's always had this one, um, this one alien or visitor, he calls them that is like, almost like a, Acts as as if like a mother figure, like almost as acts like like she's comforting him, like Mm -hmm. saying everything is okay. You know, he goes. Obviously, you can't tell if they're male or female. He goes, but she gives off like a female energy, you know, and everything is okay. It's gonna be over soon. This and that, you know. That's and he's always had pretty calming experiences with it. Now, I had another interview with this kid named George. Uh, I mean I like the kid I don't know how you know how credible or reputable he is but his experience which I thought was really interesting was the complete opposite his experience was that he feels and he's been told by extraterrestrials uh that what they do is they they live inside inside your brain basically like they like they take over people but not not in the sense that they possess people, but that they kind of like, like tap into your, your, you know, your, your brain and they telepathically and they could experience what you're experiencing.
2: Oh yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah.
0: So like, basically if you're eating something good, they could taste it. Yep. Or, you know, if you have the feeling of love or whatever, any kind of feeling, they could feel that. Um, They do want, to take over, but they don't have the ability to, you know, they're they're very, they're very aggressive. They're very nasty and they lie a lot. That's what he says. They, they try to, they try to influence people to, you know, commit suicide and stuff like that. But the human, the human will is, you know, way more powerful than what they could do apparently. But that was his experience, which I thought was pretty crazy that I, you know, that there's these two very different experiences, you know, so, and again, like I, I said, he's never, you know, I don't know if he's credible or not, but my thing and the way I, I have a, uh, a virtual reality paranormal show that I do from time to time, it's called paranormal talk. And basically, cause I don't get people calling into my show. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I do these, um, talk show things on virtual reality and people come and they tell their experiences and I've actually been pretty, exp- I've been pretty pretty good with that like sometimes i'll get a hundred people there oh wow and and they'll talk you know about their experiences and you know real people obviously and they tell their experiences and um that's actually where i met steve but yeah i mean that's it's it's a crazy thing and i lost my train of thought but (laughs) um yeah
2: (laughs) your train derailed happens to me all the time yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's late.
2: <laughs> yeah, it fat these the way that people. I I don't think I've ever been abducted. Um, I don't feel like I ever have. Um, yeah. But from listening to other people's encounters, it sounds just like when us humans are um, researching a particular. Um, I don't know, say. Bears and they're tracking them, and they have uh, devices to find out where they're where they're actually go migrating and, and everything. And every once in a while, they they tranquilize them and make sure that they're healthy and all that. It sounds exactly like what these aliens are doing to us, trying to know more about. They're researching us, but then like humans, you're going to be having the good aliens and then the bad ones.
0: But how much? That's my thing too. Like, and I think I said it on one of my last shows, like how much are you going to be researching? Like how, like they've been, for example, I know that there's different species. I actually have a book on all these different species of alien races, mm-hmm. but the Zeta reticulus, for example, they've, they've been known since the fifties, right? People mm-hmm. have been talking about them since the fifties. How much more, uh, you know how many more experiments can they do on people you know if they've been abducting hundreds of thousands of people like what more do you need to know you know I, what i mean. I remember
2: mean? hearing you say that on one of your episodes and maybe their technology isn't adva- as advanced as we think and they just have to keep researching for whatever reason because they're not understanding certain aspects of the human mind or body i, I don't know
0: yeah yeah, I mean, that's my thing, you know, but you know, again, if there's different, you know, if there's different species or whatever, then obviously they're going to do their own thing. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a crazy thing. I, I, have you ever seen any, um, any UFOs or anything?
2: Um, I've seen lights twice. Uh, once I was a teenager um, back home in New Brunswick and uh, a bunch of us, me and my friends were out at this beach. Um, it's like a camping area as well. And we're all laying down on the, um, the uh, picnic tables and we're just looking at the stars and there's this one star in particular zooms one way, zooms the other way, you know, and it's just all over the place moving quickly and it's the size of a star, but stars don't move that way. And if it was like a meteor or something like that, it doesn't fall and all of a sudden go up and then go to the left or, you know, um, so my dad, I had to ask him, I said, do you know, because he's always been into aviation and uh, actually had a good friend that was a air traffic controller back home. And I asked him, like, do you know of any aircraft that could do something like that is like no kiddo. I don't know any. I don't know any aircraft that could do that. So uh, we all believe that that was a UFO. And then there was another time I was in British Columbia. I visited my grandparents many years ago, and we're driving on the highway, and all of a sudden this big light comes out of nowhere on the left. And my grandfather thought that you know there's only a field. There's no road there, and it, this light all of a sudden just appears, and it's starting to get bigger, and it's coming towards us, and it just kind of disappeared. And we're just like, did you just like what? The next day on the radio station, a whole bunch of people had called in, uh, saying about the light that they saw. So my grandfather and I just kind of looked at each other and it's like, "Oh!" And he used to be a pilot um, during World War Two, and plus he was a he worked for Air Canada. was a pilot for them too for many years. So uh, apparently he's seen some pretty strange things in the air. Uh, but yeah, he says, "Yeah, that could have been." Uh, that that was a very strange light. So he he was convinced, and so was I that that was some kind of uh, alien. Um, don't know what or why, but it was strange.
0: Wow, wow, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Actually, I had mentioned it to to uh, Brian and Al. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I live upstate now. I said At where, like, right near Pine Bush, because that's where this museum was, and mm-hmm. Pine Bush was apparently like a UFO super highway, you know, years ago. And I'm like, but I haven't seen, I've never seen anything. And Al's like, you will, (laughs) (laughs) you will like, and I work at night. Like I, sometimes I go to, go to work at two o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, always looking, I have to, cause, I take this long, dark road, right? That's the highway. There's no s- street lights or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm looking up in the air for UFOs. I'm looking in the bushes to see if I see Bigfoot. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> I am want to see something. I'm going to take a picture of this freaking thing. Or I'm going to take a picture. I, I promise I'm going to get a picture of them. <laughs> but I'm, I'm probably going to freak out, though, and probably forget to take a picture. Do which you have a dash probably- cam? I do not. No, I should probably get one, though.
2: Yeah. I should. Just for not, not, not for accidents is just to see if you pick something up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Do you have your phone
2: ready or a camera ready when you're driving like that just in case?
0: Well, yeah, I have my phone like kind of on, on my uh, dashboard, you know, sticking there. So I could always just grab it and, you know. But who knows, you know, like you don't know how fast you're going to be like that's and that's actually what somebody had told me once when I when I also said like, yeah, but how come all these pictures always come out blurry? You know, like, well, you got to think about it if these things happen in the spur of the moment so fast. So you're not going to stand there and say, but if you were to stand there and say, all right, let me let me get a steady hand or let me, it's going to be over, you know? So I'm like, all right, I understand that. That's, that's true. That's true. I always, I
2: I always explain that like my family and I, especially when the kids were, we would go out for walks in the woods, you know, with the dog and everything. And sometimes you'd see a couple of deer and I would take a picture thinking, great, got great pictures. But then I look at my, my camera, my phone and it's like, oh, son of a biscuit, it's blurry. And it's just a couple (laughs) of deer, you know? And then by the time you go to take another picture, they're gone. So I don't know, maybe it's like, you know, I'm calm and I want to take the picture. Um, so, you know, I can only imagine I've never encountered a cryptid, uh, up and close like that. So it can only be traumatizing and exciting at the same time.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know how, uh, there's gotta be so much like preparation. And and like so much work just to for like Al and and Brian to like go out and do these investigations. Just, I mean, because you think about it, they're out there for hours. Yeah. How do you know exactly where you're going to walk? Where are you going to go? You know, it's it's got to be so much research involved in that, you know, just to do that sort of thing. You know, it's it's one thing to go to a haunted house. Like, all right, well, I know this place is haunted. Yep. Set up some cameras and maybe you'll catch something or, you know, EVPs. But if you're going out in the woods yeah, <laughs> you know, where these things, they obviously they don't want to be seen. They don't want you to know that they're there. So they're going to be You know, they don't want to come up close to you. You know, so that they're going to try and stay away from you for the most part. So they're going to be very, very difficult to find, you know, yep. that's, that's the one thing. Like it's got to be, it's got to be so much, uh, you know, so much preparation to go into that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Brian,
2: you... So I was oh, going to say Brian and Al, they're so lucky. They've encountered pretty much everything the paranormal community has to offer. I mean, they're, they're just amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely, and, and I mean it's funny too because people are like ah, I believe every word that those two that those two guys say.
1: Yeah,
0: I believe every word. They're, they're not. I'm a prison guard. Mm-hmm. I know. Con, I know con artists. Those <laughs> two guys are telling the truth. They're not con artists at, at all. <laughs> you know, like they they're being completely truthful with everything that they're saying. You know, that's that's what I loved talking about them. You know, talking with them. Because I was like, "Wow!" I mean, I believed every single word that they were saying. They had me on the edge of the uh, on the edge of my seat for yeah. some of the stuff they were saying, you know. Which which was cool, um, and I, and I hope it kept people that were listening, you know, on the edge of their seat as well.
2: I've heard their um, stories, and when I when I heard them on your show, I was kept at the edge of my seat. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's funny too, because like I said to them, like you know, I've never really. I never really delved into cryptids until I started the podcast. I didn't really Same know here. much about, them. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, of course everybody's heard of Bigfoot. The Loch Ness monster is basically a hoax, but people are still seeing it. Um, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, I had never heard of the dog man, I, you know, and, and some of these other things, you know, so it was, it's pretty crazy. Some of, some of these creatures and stuff that are coming out or, or that have been around that are being discovered now. Yeah,
2: the Dogman fascinates me because uh, ever since I'm a little girl watching Scooby-Doo, I've always been fascinated with uh, Lugaru, which is uh, a form of werewolf, uh, Rugaru in a lot of parts of the States, uh, like the Cajun uh, parts. Um, So when I found out about Dogman, I thought that sounds kind of like a werewolf. So um, they're all different, but kind of like in the same classification if I'm understanding it correctly. But Dogman fascinates me and I hope to never want to see one uh, because I would much rather see a Bigfoot than a a dogman just from listening to other people's encounters. um, They are a lot nastier than Sasquatch.
0: Right, right. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I... I still think of Sasquatch as Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah,
1: yeah, know,
0: yeah. It's probably, you know, that it comes to my mind. Not, not the movies, not the found footage movies of Bigfoot. No, Harry and the Hendersons <laughs> comes to mind when I think of Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, um, no, the, actually... It, yeah,
2: Not the Patterson it, it, film, <laughs> Patterson right, Gimlin, right. that's Harry and the Hendersons. Right, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I... Uh, it's funny, too, because after hearing about Dogman and all that, um, I I grew up and I lived in Staten Island most of my life, which is a borough, the forgotten borough of New York City. And um, a lot of history, a lot of haunted locations there. Um, and my friend, actually, the friend that I was telling you about that me and him always, you know, he had a very strong paranormal sensitivity um, he used to work of all places. He was the night security guard at a cemetery <laughs> and uh, wow. a very popular, yeah, a very popular cemetery at that. And he had said that, I don't think he saw it at that cemetery. I think he saw it at a different cemetery, but I remember his story. I don't talk to him anymore. Uh, we, we lost touch or we, we haven't talked in a long time, but I remember him telling me like 20 years ago that he had seen, uh like a a i mean for lack of a better term a dog man and he had and he had described what people are describing as dog man now that's what he described to me 20 something years ago and i was like ah you know you probably saw a dog or you probably saw this ear, you know like it you know you didn't hear about it then mm-hmm. you know but it, i mean now now I'm like holy crap he probably really did see it you know because Staten Island is very paranormal place you know it has a lot of paranormal energy in there you know from you know battles that were fought from the revolutionary war to some of the declaration of independence being signed around there and you know um a lot a lot of history on staten island but uh yeah so that's why like every time i think of the dog man i think about him telling me that story too which was you know now now i'm I'm thinking about. I'm like, holy crap! He must have really seen that then.
2: You're not as crazy as I thought.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, is that the one? Is as far as cryptids go? Is that the one that like kind of scares you the most? Is probably like the dog man or like the thought, like the I guess the the thought of him, right? Because yeah,
2: the the just. Because of the aggression level, Um, because I've heard, you know, we've all heard different encounters when it comes to Bigfoot. Some of them are very peaceful and, and they're trying to help people and then there's the other spectrum where you know it's like all hell broke loose with the with the Bigfoot but so far with the Dogman you haven't really heard any good encounters and like I said because I was so fascinated with Lugaru uh, werewolves growing up that's my favorite cryptid um, the Dogman is probably my favorite one as well but uh, do I ever want to see one no unless it's in a safe environment but uh, hearing what? hearing people's uh, encounters there don't doesn't seem to be any good experiences so far
0: yeah 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 I'd, I'd like to see like a bigfoot or something like that yeah dogman i don't know but i'd like to see like a bigfoot or or actually i think was it al that said that he'd seen a thunderbird or was that yeah, brian i
2: think it was al i could that be mistaken but i'm pretty sure it was al
0: that would be cool to see also like this gigantic, you know, this gigantic bird like that would be pretty crazy to see. You know, I I would just think that you'd, you'd be seeing like a, like a dinosaur, you know, like a pterodactyl or something, you know, which would be pretty crazy. But, um, I mean, look, (laughs) there's, there's only so much of the world that we've, we've explored. So that's, that's my thing too. Oh, that, that's actually what my point was. Um, before too, talking about the virtual reality shows that i do is that one thing that i always tell people with their experiences is that who am i to say if you're you know i'm i'm never going to judge anybody for their paranormal experiences because who am i to say what you saw what you didn't see you know i'm not going to come out and say no you didn't see that ah you're crazy Mm -hmm. you know i've had my own experiences you know myself now Granted, I'm from New York City, so I don't care what people think.
2: (laughs) All kinds of different creatures there. So (laughs) from what I understand, I've never been. But,
0: but you know, like that's every time somebody's like, oh, you've seen things. I said, yeah. And I always give them like a little a little warning. I'm like, listen, I'll tell you what what I've seen and what I've experienced. Just know I'm not trying to impress you because I don't really care whether you believe me or not. Mm -hmm. I know what I saw. I know what I experienced. And that's all. You, you know, that's it. And I'll, I'll tell you my, my experiences, but, and that's, that's how I see with other people, you know, like I had this one kid on the paranormal talk show. Um, I believe he had, um, I, I can't, I can't think of it, not Asperger's, but like a form of, of, uh, you know, down syndrome type, you know, okay. um, uh, And he uh, he was on on the virtual reality and he came into my paranormal show and I've seen him at other paranormal shows as well. I've heard him talk and he was telling about how he has um, bouts where he goes into like these paranormal dimensions, like he goes into like alternate realities Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of himself, like to where like he'll he'll wake up and he'll be poor and the next day he'll wake up and he'll be rich and like all these weird occurrences. And, you know, at one point he was at the show and he was telling this and there were people like making fun of him. And I'm like, I kicked them all out of the, I kicked them all off because that's, Good. that's the thing about being a host. I was able to just kick them out of the yeah. room. I'm like, no, you don't do that. I said, because that kid's experiences are as real to him as anything. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you don't get to tell him, you know, that, that he's wrong or that he's seeing things. You weren't
2: there. Yeah.
0: Right. Cause you don't know.
2: Mm -hmm. How
0: do you know that that he's not seeing what he's really seeing? You don't know. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Maybe he really is experiencing these, you know, alternate dimensions, alternate realities. You have no idea. So, you know, but that's, that's kind of how I view things. It's just like, listen, if it was real to you, it's real to me. That's, that's just how I've always done it. But, um, have you ever been on, like, an actual paranormal investigation?
2: Yeah, I belong to a team here called Canadian Supernatural Research Society in the Ottawa Valley here in Ontario. Uh, we haven't done too much the past couple of years because of COVID, and I actually uh, i am taking a little hiatus from it, just I have other things going on. So I told the girls that uh, um, I won't be able to do much investigating right now. And plus, t- to be honest, I, I have a hard time bouncing back from those late nights. Um, you know, the older I get, I just can't do the all-nighters anymore it takes me like a week literally to be able to get my energy back not like when I was younger but uh yeah we've done some investigations here
0: yeah yeah that's actually how how it was with me when I was playing in 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 a cover band in a rock band you know it's the same type of thing you know I'd be out until four or five o'clock in the morning playing at a bar And then I'd have to go to work at seven o'clock in the morning. I can't do that anymore. You know, I I don't have the energy. I'm, you know, 42 years old. I don't have the energy at all to do any of that stuff. I mean, I'd love to still play though. But um, yeah, I've never actually been on a real investigation. No, No, because I've just, you know, I started this, this corrections job when I was 26 years old. So it's been pretty much... Corrections. (laughs) Any
2: experiences at the, where where you work as a correctional officer?
0: So I've had a couple, I've had a couple. Um, When I worked at uh, a a very famous place, you might've heard of it called uh, Sing Sing.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, That's just a little place. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. So I worked in Sing Sing for about a year. Yeah. And um, very, very intimidating place. When, When I tell you that's prison, like there's when you think of prison, that's Sing Sing. It has the 30-foot walls, you know, concrete walls around it. When when you walk into the front door and that, that gate slams behind you, even if you're a correction officer, it gives you the chills when you hear that gate slam behind you. Like, it's it's the real deal. Um, and I remember we we were standing at roll call, and the sergeant had called me up and a few other people. And he's like, listen, he goes, I need you guys to go check— the visit room, the visit, um, the visit area. We're like, why? Like, because it hasn't been visits in two days. It was closed for two days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He goes, well, he goes, oh, the the cops just called me up and said that they got a uh, a nine one one call, and it was coming from inside of the the visit room. They it, it didn't say anything. It was like a static call. Mm-hmm. So he called me and a few other people. And uh, and of course, you know, I had to make a joke because it was me, another sergeant, and like two other officers that had way more time than me. I was the newest guy, and we go over there and like, here, here, man, here, you take the key, you open up the door. I'm like, really, you, you, of course, you give the new guy, yeah. the of opening the door first. Really, you know. But we went in there. There was nothing like there. The
2: red shirt in Star Trek,
0: <laughs> right? You know, like I'm just yeah. All right, you know, but. I opened the door. We we looked around. There was nothing there. But it's just weird that a 911 call came from inside of that visit house, and there was nobody there. You know, uh, that that wasn't really. I mean, of course, things could lines could get crossed and stuff like that. But that was that was with state corrections. With now, I work at another very infamous place, Rikers Island. Um, mm-hmm. So, what happened there was I was working in the adolescent building. Okay, when I first started, I was working in the adolescent building, and I did six years in state corrections, and, and then I went to city corrections. So, I was working in this one area, which was basically solitary confinement, right? Solitary confinement isn't what you think it is. It's not the hole, you know, <laughs> it's, not, it's it's just a cell block where they stay locked in their cells for 23 hours. No different than any other cell block. They just stay in longer. Um. So now that specific cell block used to be a regular cell block where the inmates would, co- you know, go in and out, go into the day room area, watch TV or whatever, you know, it was a regular cell area a few months, a few years before that. But I was working in it at this point. Now, when it's obviously when it's solitary confinement, they're locked in. So I'm the only one on that tier. It was me on the tier and it was my partner that was in the control station that was pretty much right in front of me. So because there's nobody else out and I'm the only one out there, I basically work as a butler, you know, I have to get them their toilet paper get them, you know, toothbrush, toothpaste, whatever they need. I have to run, get it, bring mm-hmm. it to their cells, give it to them. Um, so we have, we have this bucket that we keep all of the, uh, you know, toilet paper and to- soap, toothbrush, toothpaste. We have it in this little white bucket. We have it on this ledge. Now it's securely on that ledge. You know, the bucket isn't very big. It's on this wooden box, not near any windows or anything like that. And I am working in this area. Nobody was around me. I turn to talk to my partner, and all of a sudden, the the bucket just flips off the off the wooden thing and it flies on the floor and everything goes flying. Now, the reason why I said that was definitely paranormal was because I found out that, now this was in 2012. In 2009, a kid that was on that housing area had gotten beaten so badly at 16 years old. He got beat so badly by other inmates that he ended up in his cell bleeding internally and he died in the cell oh damn he he died in that cell in that housing area where that where that you know bucket flew off and flipped off and and stuff like that so again me being me you know i saw that happen and the guy in my a station saw it also and he just like he was like did you just see that i said yeah that's probably because i'm here <laughs> He's like, what does that mean? Yeah. I said, I, I said, I attract these things, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, It just it just happens, yeah. you know, that it's just, you know, but yeah, like that, that was one instance, another incident, it, it was in the same, it was in the same building was uh, something very quickly, but everybody was locked into the housing area. I was in the control bubble at this station at this point, And I saw with all the lights off, I saw as if somebody was running in the in the tv room right and everybody was locked in there was nobody running there but it sure as hell looked like there was somebody in there running you know so that was a little it could have been out of the corner of my eye sure you know but again i've experienced these these, these things a lot so i kind of know when to second guess myself you know um i mean that's that's really it um i, I i've been not that i've been waiting for something to happen Cause I, I don't, but there's been a lot of uh, unfortunate um, deaths in the building that I'm working in now, mm. as far as suicides and drug overdoses and stuff like that. So trust me when I tell you, I know which every house that this stuff happens in. And I'm, I'm like sitting there saying, all right, something's going to happen. I know something's going to go down. <laughs> you know, I, I just got to keep my cool cause I'm at work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, if, if anything is going to happen, it's going to happen in a jail, I'm sure, you know, because of all the negativity and all the sorrow and all yeah, the sadness. All that
2: emotion. So, yeah.
0: Right. You know, um, I did do a tour of, um, Eastern State once, mm-hmm. Eastern State Penitentiary mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. But, uh, unfortunately, it was during Halloween time. So I was dressed up for Halloween and all the people were hiding and scaring you and stuff like yeah. that. But I, I would love to go there for a real paranormal tour, you know, when it's not Halloween time, when I could really just go in there and really look around and mm-hmm. take pictures and stuff like that. But I've never actually been in a real paranormal investigation. I'd love to go, though. I'd love to do it. Maybe, maybe when I retire in a few years, six years. Well, I'll, maybe I'll when
2: go. you're on vacation sometime, you can find a team in your area and maybe you could join them sometime. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. a ride along.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that would be cool. That'd be cool because uh, I would definitely enjoy that. I'm sure uh, if
2: you can't find any uh, Al and Brian probably uh, know people, uh, yeah. they might be able to help you find someone if you're interested.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would definitely love to to do that. My my wife is so, such a skeptic though. Like, she be making fun of me the whole time. <laughs> you know, she'd be like, you're going where? You, you you're gonna you're gonna leave to go on a what a ghost hunt, you know? <laughs> she she doesn't believe in any of it, um, which is crazy because I'm I'm like the total opposite, you know. But you know it's it's I guess it's it is what it is. But my
2: husband is very uh, religious. I'm more spiritual, so uh, he doesn't like it when I go on investigations. But I will ask before I leave uh, for an investigation. It's like yeah, just. Can you give me a protection, little protection prayer that, you know, and uh, makes him feel better, makes me feel better. Um, but we also do uh, little prayers when we, right before an investigation, we sage, we have crystals on us. And at the end of the investigation, we always say, uh, you're not allowed to follow any of us home. Um Like you're like, that's not happening. So, uh, and we do sage afterwards a lot of times too, not always, but most of the time we'll just, just to make sure that we're, we're cleansed and that nothing negative would attach themselves to us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, the only time I've really ever said that was after my Ouija board experience that I had, Mm -hmm. because it happened, it was, it was in my car and, uh, I heard whispering, after I dropped the person off and we did the Ouija board in my car and I dropped the person off and I was driving home and I heard whispering in my ears. If somebody's sitting in the back seat, like leaning over whispering in my ear. So I went home and before I went my door, I said, (laughs) listen, there's something with me. I don't want you here. Go back to where you were. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't want you in my house. You know, I don't know if it works, but it seemed to have worked for me, (laughs) you know?
2: Even if but, they're harmless, um, I don't want anything following me. Ho- I don't want anyone yeah. following me home. Even you know, um, I'll go to other people's homes. I'll go. We'll go to businesses to do investigations. I don't want to have to investigate my own house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and, no. and I won't. I've I've had some people say, "Oh, maybe you have a voice recorder on during the day or when you're sleeping." And I'm like, "No, I'm not doing that. If I'm not having any activity, I'm not looking for it either." Um, no. I because. As soon as I have a little bit of activity um, and I actually do an investigation, I feel it's going to ramp it up even more. You know, I stage my house on a regular basis. Sure, we've had some things happen in the house before and in the um, last house that we lived in in Alberta as well. Um, but there were nothing it – was, it wasn't was anything major. All, all I had to do with the last house in Alberta is just, you know, like stop it and – uh, you know, like they would turn the thermostat up t- to really hot. <laughs> like, it's like, you're not paying for the hydro. Stop it. <laughs> like, <laughs> get a job, give me some rent, and maybe, but uh, <laughs> no. But here I sage on a regular basis too, because you do bring negative energies home just at the grocery store, because you'd never know what a person is going through that, uh, shopping in the same location you are, you know, and I firmly yeah. believe that, um, other people might have attachments or just negative energy because of their emotions and it can kind of bounce onto other people and you can bring that home.
0: Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, I, I agree with that as well. I mean, I, I think that's why, uh, Chris has had such, you know, because he knows how to work with the Ouija board. He knows, yeah. you know, how to handle it. He knows how to close it out. He knows how to do all that stuff. He treats it with respect. But um and
2: that's the thing, respect. Yeah, yeah.
0: right, right. And and it's funny though, because I don't know. I mean, you've you've talked to him before. He had said that like. In most of the things, you know, they'll they'll come across and say, "Oh, I'm a demon. I'm this and that, and I'm this and that." And most of the time, it's just a, an entity playing a prank, you know, or saying like, "Oh no, you know, I'm, my name is so and so. I'm I'm just a, a you know, I used to live here, or something like that."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: <I'm> not really <laughs> like a, you know, or but I mean that's also what demons do too though you know they'll say oh i'm satan they're not satan they're you know they're they're a demon but they're not you know so it's you know it's 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 crazy how they're able to do that even in the afterlife you know but or or you know in the spiritual realm
1: yeah
0: um yeah I, i mean it's the whole thing is just so interesting i mean i'd love to learn more about like you know, the demonology thing, but again at the same time I don't want to get too far into it because mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm again I'm forty two. I'm not trying to to start something new like that now and then have to like find yeah. my way out of a really, really bad situation, you know. You know, contact like Father Marin or something, come <laughs> to my house, help me out. I'm I'm not looking forward to that. So
2: <laughs> you yeah. know the nice I, I, The nice thing about being uh, in a paranormal investigator and podcaster is you get to meet so many people in the uh, para community. And I do; I've had the pleasure of meeting an archbishop and a sister. And um, if anything ever goes south uh, during investigations, something that we can't handle, Uh, we also—I don't know if you know who uh, Michelle De Rocher is. Um, She's very well known in Canada and in the states. She's done. uh, She she handles the more. intense cases that i don't even want to think about so mm-hmm. it's nice to know that if we do if we are doing an investigation and, and it is beyond us uh that we do have uh the big guns that we could call in and say yeah we kind of need some help with this but so far knock on wood uh we haven't had to do that
0: yeah yeah that's yeah that's that's like you know we're interested in the stuff but uh yeah yeah <laughs> not, not to that extent
2: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah
0: i think we actually covered a lot actually we <laughs> I think
2: so yeah we just... cryptids ghosts demons aliens
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that's pretty much the whole gamut of things right
2: yeah.
0: um, one thing i actually would love to have on my show i don't know if you've i mean you, you've done way more shows than i ever have but have you ever had anybody that's done that's like uh practice with the with the kinesis,es you know, the telekinesis or pyrokinesis or anything like that.
2: Not that I'm aware of, no. Um, if no, I haven't. That would be interesting to speak to an individual like that, though.
0: Yeah, I mean that that was like I've been looking on like Facebook groups and stuff like that, and there are Facebook groups about it, but it's never anybody like, oh yeah, you know, I. I lit my chair on fire today or something like that. You know, like it's no, it's never anything like that. So, you know, yeah. but I'm looking for somebody as far as that, somebody who like that knows some stuff about time travel or alternate dimensions, you know, something yeah. a little bit, something a little bit different than the normal stuff that I talk about. But yeah. I, I, I say it all the time and I'm sure you agree with me. Like the paranormal community, I, I every, I cannot pick a favorite favorite guest that I've had on oh, I love everybody yep. and there's such good people every single person minus one guy that I, I haven't I've never put on but <laughs> <laughs> um everybody else everybody I mean such good people you know I mean so accepting very down to earth yep. you know you know when somebody like somebody that's a skeptic or, or somebody that's not really into it they're like oh well you probably meet a lot of crazy like no i mean everybody that i've talked to even at the paracon every mm-hmm. just normal normal people you know like everybody's been real nice very accepting very friendly you know I, I can't say anything bad about anybody that i've that i've come across really
2: i have to say that the majority of guests that i've had on my show i've Uh, developed a friendship with them that I speak with them, not necessarily every day, but quite often, you know. Um, It's just amazing. Years ago, when the paranormal started becoming a little bit more acceptable, after all the TV shows started, there was a Mm -hmm. lot of drama out there, a lot of hate, and people started getting fed up with that. And I feel like people just started... Um, uh, together and not putting up with the bullies, you know, if you will. And now you have, you know, para unity is thrown around a lot, but there is para unity now. I mean, more and more people, podcasters, investigators, you know, anybody in this, in the para community, um, we're raising each other up. We want to listen to each other's stories, um, you know, tell me about what, like, we'll be talking to another team. And it's like, tell me or tell us what you've, you've experienced. Let's try and get all this data together and see if we can get a correlation. It just, it just seems to be so many, so many more people now are are like, yeah, I'm not dealing with the, with the drama anymore. And I've been so fortunate. Like I have a lot of great people in the community that are just such great friends and knowledgeable and, um, yeah, it's, it's been good.
0: And and there's no competition either. No. That's, that's what I love about it, too. There's absolutely no competition,
2: nope.
0: you know, which I think is so great. I mean, spe- even in the podcast community as well, there's no competition, which I guess because the market is so saturated, you know, like yeah. ha- I- I- if I'm going to dislike your show, I'm going to dislike the 30,000 other paranormal <laughs> yeah. podcasts that are out there, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's like. It's silly to have some kind of competition as far as that goes, you know, but yeah. I think as far as the paranormal community, we're all kind of in it for the same thing. We want to find answers. We want to find, well, we know, we know that it exists, but we want to find like legitimate proof that people are just going to be like, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't deny that. You yeah. know, that's, you know, it, it's the technology is, is a, is, is a curse. It's a good thing. And it's a curse at the same time, because now I feel like everybody, you could catch something really, really good on camera and then just be like, ah, it's fake. Oh, good good editing job. Oh, good Photoshopping. I didn't Photoshop it. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't, (laughs) you know, but they'll never believe you because Photoshop is out there and it's amazing and you can create ghosts and all sorts of craziness with Photoshop, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's you know, especially nowadays, like you could edit, you know, do movies do visual, like make movies just straight on your computer with special effects and all that.
2: Even so, your phone, there's some pretty right. good apps. Like if you have an iPhone, there's a call. I I think it's called. You yeah. do amazing yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, nobody's ever going to believe the footage that, that that's out there. Yeah. And that's actually where I was going when I said that to, to Alan and uh, Brian as well. I'm like, you know, I feel like, it's pointless to fake anything anymore, because it's it's so saturated, like all these TV shows, all this stuff. You're not even going to get five minutes of fame, let alone 15 minutes of fame, mm-hmm. if you have a, a picture of a ghost, because nobody's going to believe
2: it. Yeah, they just pick apart at it.
0: So, it's, it's not like, what's the point of even trying to fake something anymore? Because you're not going to get anything out of it, yeah. you know? But... You know, that's that's just my thoughts with it, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's it's 11 o'clock. Most of our time was trying to get on the stupid,
2: uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we could salvage something. It's going to be a lot of editing work. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, thankfully, (laughs) this will be, for my show, this will be out in January, so I have all kinds of time to edit. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to take your edit.
0: (laughs) Uh yeah, it's I don't have any more. I mean, well, tomorrow's interview that I'm having is with uh is with my my friend that does the horror movie stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, and Dave. Yeah. I'm yep. I'm like, you know what? I said, "I'm on vacation, you have to come on the show." Yep. I have to do an interview with you because it's going to be really funny cuz me and him have been friends since we were like 10 years old.
2: Oh. So, it's going to be an amazing one. Yeah.
0: And we we've, you know, then, I, I don't know how he's going to be now, but I know back like when we were twenty, seventeen, eighteen, you know, he never really believed in the paranormal it 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 did it did interest him, and he always went to like all like the spooky places, but he never really believed in the paranormal. so I, I don't know if it's changed since then, you know, but uh I have some things planned. <laughs> I have some things planned for him.
2: I look forward to it.
0: some some funny stuff too but uh, that i'm gonna throw in there but yeah he's actually he was actually the uh he's the announcer of my show he's Mm -hmm. the one that's you know does the announcing and he um me and him were in a band together for a lot of years nice so yeah he was a singer of of my uh my rock band that i had i am not
2: musically inclined i love music but i I had (laughs) no
0: I've been playing guitar for like 25 years, but I'm probably still at like a three-year level because I never practice. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, but one day, maybe one day. <laughs> but I have, and I, and I have all the equipment. Oh, that's actually, whether this makes the the interview or not, though, um, how's the, uh, the voiceover stuff going?
2: Oh, it's going I... well. Um, that was definitely, I've uh, been working about a year on this first book. Uh, it's called Integrity. By J. B. Coates, um, she's also a paranormal investigator. Actually, uh, because this is all new and it was a learning curve, and my my friend uh, Brian Anderson uh, has been mentoring me, and he sent me like I we discussed before. He's uh, been sending me video tutorials, and we had uh, a lot of Skype. In um, Skype calls where I would share the screen, I'm like, I don't know how I'm editing, you know, like, I I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, It would take me at least a week to do a chapter, at least a week, uh, just to record it. And then I would have to edit it, uh, process it and everything. Now I can do it in a day. So I'm getting better. It's going a lot faster. I started chapter 19 the other day and there's 22 chapters. So I just have to do uh, those few chapters and the outro. Um, not the outro, that's for shows, the uh, closing credits. So, you know, you've been listening to Integrity, written by, narrated by, you know, that sort of thing. And then it's going to be done because what I do is um, with each chapter, uh, after I've done the editing, I send it to JB for her to listen, to, for her to get approval. And if she says, yeah, it's good to go, you can process it, I'll, I'll do it, then it's done. I put it in the complete file. So it's not like I have to record 22 episodes, then I have to edit everything. I do it first. Um, And uh, sometimes she'll say, yeah, you said he instead of she or stuff like, you know, I want her to listen to it because I listen to it and I I do miss things. But yeah, it's come along and I look for, I'm hoping to have it done soon. Uh, It's a very slow time of year right now at work at the hotel because it's Christmas is approaching and we're not as busy. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to really uh, hammer away at it and finish it soon. I'm hoping by January, but I've had tech issues. I had COVID twice uh, this year, and that uh-huh. took a long time to get over. So I had to stop uh, stop with a recording, obviously, and you know just. Recently I had a, had a cold sore throat stuffiness and I can't really do the narrating that, you know, cause as a listener, you know, you purchase an audiobook. you don't want to hear like, okay, the voice sounds fine. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, they're nasally. They definitely had a cold and the next chapter is fine. Again, I got to wait until I'm, I'm better, you know, but it's. Yeah.
0: I, I had actually, you know, I want to really get started in the, the audio book type thing. Um, you know, again, like my, my hours really, really suck. So I'm, I'm actually trying to put in some, since I have until the 30th to go back, you know, I'm trying to like do a few auditions now so I could throw some in there. Hopefully I could get an answer, hopefully. And I could have something started by then. you know, Mm -hmm. by the time I get back so I could work on it. Um, but yeah, it's always interested me that and and the whole voiceover thing. As far as voiceover in general, I mean, I I would love to do like commercial voiceover stuff, like commercials, yeah, or like loudspeaker type. I'm I'm not I'm not doing voices. I don't know how to do voices. You know, I, I don't know. Like that's just not. I know if you go on TikTok, everybody that's doing voiceover is doing like all these. You know video game voices like i don't i don't know how to do that stuff i don't do it i don't know how to yeah. do any of that stuff so it, mainly like the commercial voiceover stuff i'd love to do the audiobook type stuff um but yeah yeah um i know you did that that one story for me which was really cool yeah, um,
2: I, had, I had fun doing yeah, it
0: yeah i actually you know what too i actually just listened to an audiobook off of uh, audible uh it was the uh, The Warrens, The Demonologist. If you ever heard of that book, The Demonologist? I think I have. When I tell you, if if you have Audible, get The Demonologist. Oh, really? That guy that narrated, (laughs) that was the... I mean, I don't listen to audiobooks, right? So I can't say what's good or bad, but that guy was amazing. The one that did that, because he did... Lorraine's voice Ed's voice oh, wow. you know all the inflections of everybody's voices mm-hmm. when he was talking about the when he was talking about the Perrin family from The Conjuring House he did like the mother's voice he, you know obviously not the real voice yeah. but you know, the inflection of of the you know of a female or something like that he was amazing I mean he he only, only maybe once or twice I heard him slip and like use Ed's <laughs> voice for his own voice, or use Ed's voice for Lorraine. It's, you know, like yeah. or maybe one time I heard him slip, but that's a ten-hour book, so that's not too bad, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But he he did an awesome job, and the book was amazing too. So if if you want a good like listen,
2: yeah, I have to check that out.
0: Humanologist was amazing. Some of the, some of the cases, some of the stories I've never heard before, mm. and it was it was incredible. I mean. Um, the jury for me is still out with ed and lorraine i'm not sure i mean i want to believe them i want to believe that they're that the real deal you know because so many people did believe that they were the real deal so to me it's you have to kind of go with the masses with that you know if the masses say like if if all these people are saying you know the these people are the real deal i'd go with that more than you know the other people that say nah they're full of crap you know but um as far as the amityville thing i don't know did you see the have you ever really looked into the amityville horror case no i haven't really
2: looked into it i watched the movie uh, obviously as a teenager but no i haven't really looked into it
0: so i'm sure you've seen the picture uh of little john michael i think his name is john michael um it's it's a very famous it's a very famous picture from the Amityville uh, investigation, where it's like uh, you see like a little boy with like glowing eyes. Okay. Near the he's near the steps, like near the staircase,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that was taken by Ed and Lorraine Warren's team
1: mm-hmm.
0: when they when they were there investigating it. Now the, the one thing that I'm a little bit like I said I want to believe them a hundred percent, but if you look at that picture. The little boy is wearing a like a checkered shirt, like a like a lumberjack type shirt. Now, which I mean, obviously in the seventies and eighties, they were very popular. Mm-hmm. So I mean, anybody could have been wearing them. But one of the people that was on the Warrens' team that was there that night had similar hair to the kid that was in the picture and was wearing a lumberjack shirt the same day that that picture was taken. Hmm. You know, so I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, like, I, it, it could it be a coincidence? Could have, I don't know. But like that, that was a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to feel about it. You know, but yeah. I, I want to believe them. I mean, that especially after listening to the demonologist book, some of the stuff that they were saying, like Ed was a very, very intelligent guy. You know, he he knew his stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely, without a doubt. With As far as demonology, the stuff that he was saying in that book, I mean, I, I learned a lot from that book, to be honest with you. Uh, he, I mean, because they would tell their experiences, but he would also go into, well, you know, demons do this and demons do that, and they, this is how they act, and this is what happens, and this is, you know, and it was very, extremely informative. So I, I would mm-hmm. definitely check that out. It for sure, you know if you have some time, because it was yeah, it was like a was it ten hours? I think it was yeah, it was ten hours long, but it was a really really good book. Hmm. Really, yeah, I you was have to
2: check that was, out. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You'll you'll definitely enjoy it because, like I said, if if not for anything, for the guy that was narrating it, he was amazing. He was awesome.
2: <laughs> That's something I struggle with the book that I'm doing now because there's characters in there and and JB says I'm doing a good job a good uh, job with the voices i don't think i am but she's the author she's happy i'm happy i but it, it is my first book so um i i hope that it will be well received by any listener
0: <laughs> yeah th- that's why i'm kind of like when i'm going on acx now i'm looking for all non-fiction stuff because mm-hmm. i want to just like try like one of those dry books about you know You know, nonfiction stuff, you know, like strategy type stuff or whatever it may be, you know, something like that, just so I don't have to do any voices, at least not right away. Yeah. You know, because I've never, I don't know about you, but I've never had any kind of acting or anything like that. Me (laughs) neither. You know, everybody, everybody's very, very particular in the voiceover community. Like, no, you have to get training. You have to have acting lessons. You have to have this. I, I don't have time for all that, you know? Maybe yep. one day, but not not right now. You know, but, yep. you know, so you know, maybe down the line I'd love to do that, you know, like do real life voiceover work. But it's it, that that's one thing that's extremely competitive that I noticed. Like
1: yep.
0: I, I ha- I'm on this one voiceover Facebook group, and they when you ask them certain questions, I almost I'm a very thick-skinned person, right? You suppose mm. you have to be when you're, A, a prison guard, and B, in oh. the paranormal community, oh. you know? But I'm very, very thick-skinned, and a New Yorker, too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I almost got chased out of that, that Facebook group. Really? Because I had asked the question, and they all, like, I must have gotten, like, 90 responses from people. Wow. Like, pissed off at me like really mad at me mm-hmm. and my question and my question was I, I i'd like to get started in voiceover are there any like starting jobs that i could do for less money you know where like i'm not expected like if i'm just starting out i'm not going to ask for 200 dollars an hour i'm just yeah. starting out you know like should sure, no there's there's a specific price that we all go by, and if you don't go by it, then you're doing us a disservice. And yeah, oh I've my heard that god. too. Oh my god, like I, it, it was it was rough. Like I like I said, like I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, I, I, all I did was ask a question. You know, like you don't have to jump down my throat. <laughs> you know about it.
2: I'll tell you a website that uh you can try, go to after we're done recording here that you could. um Audition for smaller jobs
0: oh yeah definitely yeah yeah definitely you know that's that's kind of what i want to do at least in the beginning you know because that but that yeah that almost really discouraged me from the whole thing because i was to myself i'm like well look i said i understand what you guys are saying i said but i came from i'm coming from a musician's point of view if I was in a new cover band or a new band, I'm going to go to a place and either play for beers or play for fifty dollars for the night. Yeah. Because because I'm, I'm a new band, yeah. and then if I'm still doing it two, three years later, then I'll be asking for five hundred dollars a night or a thousand dollars a night. Uh-huh. But but you know when you're new, you don't know you as much. Work
2: your way up to it.
0: You have to work your way up. But not in the voiceover community. <laughs> Don't, don't say that to them, <laughs> you know, because they're very, very offense. They get very offended. <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm. So you said you you noticed that as well too, right? Yeah. Because that was yeah. <laughs> like like my feelings were hurt. Like I was like, oh my oh. god. Like, no, I'm like I'm like I'm gonna have to get. I feel so bad. Like I'm gonna have to go off this this group. Like they're all, they're all mad at me now. They're never going to help me out now, (laughs) you know, but they, they still, some of them still gave me snide remarks and stuff. And like, I'd be like, listen, I'm like, I'm not trying to compete with anybody, (laughs) you know, I'm trying to live amongst everybody. I'm not trying to compete. (laughs) Like, you know, but then somebody had told me like, listen, they're like most of the people that you're going to come across that, that say that sort of thing, think that they're bigger than they really are. You know, like, they'll be telling you that they did this, they did that, they did this, when they haven't done anything. So, just, you know, just take it with a grain of salt.
2: I was just thinking that, yeah.
0: But, yeah, no, I mean, I guess all of us that have all this equipment kind of want to go that route, too, because it's... We already have a podcast, we already have this editing software, all this stuff, so it should be an easy transition for the most part, you know, it but. wasn't
2: for me, <laughs> but I'm getting there.
0: Yeah. I'm still trying to learn all these plugins like that. That's, that's my thing too. Like, I feel like since I'm not getting a lot of listeners, I keep going through it. Like, what is it? Is it my content? I'm like, I'm putting out good content. I think. And I think then now a great show. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like I'm like, well, you know, I changed around. I have music underneath segments now and I have intros I have different people coming on and I have to, di- I'm like, I don't understand why I'm, I'm getting such a low, you know, low listenership, you know? So now then I, then I think to myself, well, maybe it's, maybe it's my sound. Does my sound sound good? So now I go out and I buy like $200 worth of plugins to try and make things sound better. And it ends up sounding worse, you know, I, I don't know. I know people say it's, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but I've been doing it for two years and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should just change topics, you know, and do something totally different. But the, the only, the only three things I know about is paranormal music and corrections. (laughs) And I'm not going to talk about corrections because I do this stuff to get away from that. So I, do I have to, I have stories that'll last years of, of with corrections, but I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that stuff, you yeah. know. And music, music is probably even more saturated than than the paranormal podcasts. So
2: I wish there was a magical formula.
0: Right, I know, yeah. I know, yeah. and, and then you have people that there's like three people, and they just talk about what they had for breakfast, and they're getting thousands and thousands of listeners. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm putting in so much work doing all of this, you know, all of this research and getting my scripts together. And I, I I'm very critical of myself, you know? So I, I'll, I'll, I'll re-record something, even if it's just like one line and I stutter in it, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't like that. Let me go over and do it over again. Yep. You know, and I just constantly, no, I don't like the way I said that word. I said that word wrong and I have to keep redoing <laughs> it. And I'm like, I'm doing all this work for for 30 people (laughs) you know but at, at the same time i understand there's still people and they're still listening to my show and actually one of my friends from from one of my old bands had put it into perspective for me when he's like listen he goes when we were playing in bars he goes and we were playing in front of five people he goes how did you play he said, "You still played the same way as if we were playing in front of five hundred people, right?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "That's the same way you got to think about it." He goes, "He goes, just go in with that attitude, you know." Nope. He goes, "You were a rock star when you were playing in front of five people, so do the same thing as as a podcast, you know." And then, and then somebody else had mentioned it, another podcaster. Because I don't know, are you on Clubhouse?
2: Clubhouse. I...
0: yeah it's 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 an app oh,
2: no. that
0: uh it's it's an audio app the where it's like you go into like meetings and like seminar type things oh. and there's a lot there's a lot on podcasting as well May i'll send you an invite. i'll send you an invite to yeah, your uh, yeah because it's a free it's a free app and it's actually really good you could listen in or you could um conversate with people about podcasting about acting about anything any wow. kind of And it's, it's pretty cool. It it was, it was really popular during the pandemic and it kind of went down a little bit Mm -hmm. since, but it still has a pretty decent community. Um, But somebody on there had said to me, they're like, listen, they're like, take it like this. They're like, if you were doing a seminar and talking about the paranormal on a stage and there was 50 people there, he goes, that'd be pretty good, right? I said, yeah. He goes, that's how you got to think about it. He goes, it's fifty people listening to that to your show. Mm-hmm. He goes, think about it if they were in the same room and you were given a seminar on a stage. He goes, that's fifty people. I said, all right, I I, I could go with that. I could go with that. You know, I just wanted to improve. You know, that's my thing. I just yep. I wanted to to keep getting better and better. You know,
2: same. Yeah, so, I'd love to have tens of thousands of of uh, listeners. I don't, um, but the the listeners are growing slowly. Ste- slow and steady so i'm happy <laughs> i like yeah. what i'm doing so i'm gonna keep doing it until i don't yeah. like doing it
0: right mm. right my my first season was completely different than what i do now though my first season i had a partner um we called it uh the ghost hacks podcast because we were both uh, correction officers okay and a hack h-a-c-k is a derogatory term towards a correction officer's uh, basically meaning a horse's ass carrying keys. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so we called it the Ghost Hacks Podcast. And uh, we we ended up uh, going our separate ways because he was a skeptic, which was fine, but he would badmouth everything that I would be doing. You know, like I'd be doing... All this research, like pretty much, I'd be putting together all the shows. Mm-hmm. Even some of the even some of the guests that he brought to the show, I had to make their questions, and, and they were like personal friends of his. And I'm making the questions for the interview. Yeah. You know, so I was doing pretty much everything, and then I put this one whole show together about uh, the Philadelphia experiment and how it connected with. You know, um, time travel and all this other stuff, and I put this whole show together, and he pretty much badmouthed every single segment I did on that show.
2: Oh, that's not right!
0: Like on the show, and then one day we were talking about things, and he's like, "Yeah," he goes, "I really want to have like regular guests on, you know, like like regular people, not not like paranormal people." He goes, "Because all the paranormal people that we've we've interviewed, I don't know." Like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, mm-hmm. it's, a parador- it's a paranormal show. Yeah. You know, like, you're not going to... It's one thing to be a skeptic and to have a skeptic on the show. That's fine. But skeptics don't listen to paranormal podcasts. <laughs> Believers listen to paranormal podcasts. A skeptic isn't going to listen to the show, <laughs> you know, Yeah. because they don't believe it. So why exactly. are they going to waste their time listening to a show that they don't believe in anything? They're going to, they'd rather listen to a show that they believe in or that, that they, that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. But if they don't believe in the paranormal, why would they listen to a paranormal show? So you're catering towards people that, you know, believe in the stuff.
2: Yep, yeah. And want to know yeah. more about the the topic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was a different exp- I mean, we had a lot of fun though. You know, it's it's always that that two person dynamic is always good. You know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. you bounce off each other, and there's always some kind of funny conversations that happen. But
2: but you have to have uh, the right person.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I mean, my my friend Dave would be the perfect person to have, but we both have crazy schedules, so we wouldn't be able yep. to do it together, unfortunately. But uh, hopefully, tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's thing goes over probably pretty funny, probably pretty well. So looking forward to that but uh
2: well i'm gonna have to call it here because it's 11 30 yeah. and i i late. i have my studio in my bedroom and my husband wants to go to bed <laughs> 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 i just looked at the time i'm like oh no <laughs> so yeah, it's late um but yeah, um yeah. so thank you so much joe for doing this collaboration with me um i i had a great time and for my listeners can you tell them where they can find you and your show
0: so they can find uh the warped reality podcast on all the major podcasting platforms. Um you can find me, Ghost Joe, on you could go to TikTok or Instagram. Um, there's a Facebook group for the warped reality podcast. You could go on there as well. Um and find me there. Or you could uh, you know, email me at ghostjoeny at gmail dot com. Or you could call my uh the Warped Reality Podcast hotline at uh, 845-600-0744 and, uh, you know, let me know your paranormal experience or, you know, you could just tell me you hate the show. You know, whatever you want to (laughs) do. That's all good. <laughs> Just
2: call me. <laughs> all right,
0: that's all right. How about you? Uh, how, how can people get in touch with the Paranormal Hearts uh, podcast? Uh,
2: well, uh, Podbean and YouTube are my two major platforms, but they're pretty much everywhere. Uh, I'm also on KPNL Network, on uh, Digital Network on Thursday nights. Uh, but pretty much anywhere, it's like iHeart, uh, Spotify, Spotify. Uh, I'm pretty much wherever you can find fine podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if anybody wants to talk about paranormal, uh, you can reach me at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. But I'm also on TikTok, um, Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, but uh, for my show notes, I usually add all the links. So um, I'll be adding yours as well there. So everyone will be able to find you a lot easier.
0: Same, same. Ah, very you. good.